the game of politics continue today in the House of Commons. The Prime Minister, of course, was busy at the G20 in China, being berated by President Xi Jinping. But back in the House of Commons, thing, things, as always, were centered on matters that matter to issues that matter to us, of course. Inflation has been the big one. Today got a bit testy, though. It got a bit personal. Um, personal attacks about who is more out of touch. This is always interesting when you see politicians who are all, you know, pretty well paid. They all have gold-plated pensions. Um, you know, they all have, um, you know, they do pretty well. Gold-plated pensions as well as, as you know, you know, good salaries and so forth, lots of benefits. So here's what happened today. Um, Pierre Polyev was accusing Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland of being out of touch. This going back to her Disney Plus uh, suggestion, canceling Disney Plus at her home. And she, of course, in return, accused Polyev of living in a taxpayer-funded mansion in Ottawa and being equally out of touch. Here's what they had to say today in the House of Commons. Her most recent advice is that Canadians should pay their $6,000 home heating bills by cancelling their $13 Disney subscription. That's the advice we're getting from the finance minister. No wonder we have 40-year highs in in inflation. The Conservative leader lives in a 19-room government mansion. Rent yes, and mortgage free. This mansion comes with a chef and a driveway where his chauffeur can wait to pick him up. Well, now, what do you make of that? Tristan Hopper, columnist and reporter with the National Post, joins us now. Thanks for your time. Welcome back. Congratulations, Tristan, on Baby Hopper number three. Oh, thanks. Yeah, babies are great. I can recommend them to anyone. Uh, but it's great, though. You, I mean, so you have a growing family. You're on the front lines of this inflation talk. What do you make it all of all of this? Is um, it always strikes me that politicians always come, all of them come off sounding pretty, pretty lame when they start talking about stuff like that because yeah, they really it, are. It, all, it reminds all... me of uh, I went to a pretty wealthy high school, and it reminds me of uh, yeah, yeah, you know, wealthy, you know, rich kid number one lecturing rich kid number two about you know who's more out of touch and who has more daddy paying for more things so uh, i don't know i, I guess carefully ever if he was really authentic and really for the people i guess he would live in a hostel or a, you know sleep at a, on a bench at a bus station he, he kind of has to live at stornoway um he does, but, uh, he does. yeah i, I mean the, the, the disney plus thing was terrible advice i i didn't think she was out of touch i just thought that's the worst financial advice uh, I've ever heard. Um, you know, <clears throat> again, it's only fourteen dollars uh, a month. Um, I, I live. I have a, a cheap hack for everything. I'm the cheapest person I know, and I think anybody who knew me would agree with that. And uh, yeah, Disney Plus as a money-saving tactic is way at the end of the line. Long before that, I'm doing some you know unseemly, terrifying things uh, that are saving way more money. The, the Disney Plus one was an odd one because you could watch her trying to be empathetic, right? She said, here's how I handle the nation's finances. Even in our own household, we no longer use Disney Plus. The kids are older. So we're going to, you know, look through the things we don't use anymore and get rid of them. I'm not sure it was financial advice per se, but it did come across as yeah, you know how as much always. money she makes. Uh, well, exactly. You know, it's, published, it's public record. So, yeah, the, the fact that it's $14, 14 a month. But if, if she really brought up um, a means by which she was saving money, that'd be even worse. Because she'd say, like, well, I mean, I'm only eating salmon roe, you know, three times a week now instead of five. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, 
interestingly enough, so do you think any politician right now is is scoring any points on this inflation talk, or do you think most Canadians just look at someone like Pierre Polyev, who's been, you know, obviously he had a gold plated pension when he was twenty eight, right? Uh, that people look yeah. at both of them, and they all own rent, they all own rental properties, right? You look at them and think, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I, I I think uh, I I would always advocate to people. I mean, they don't have to identify with. Uh, I mean, they, they don't have to. They just need to emphasize. They don't need to understand what it's like. Uh, so, like when you go to a doctor, uh, as long as the doctor can fix you, you don't like. Hey, you gotta understand what it feels like to have you know a prolapse, whatever. Um, as long as they can fix that, um, that's all I think we should ask out of our politicians. So, you know, if if Pierre Foley ever has you know ideas to fix inflation, that sounds good to you. Um, I don't think you need to demand that you know, you know he understands and emphasize with your situation. So I, yeah. you know, I, I think politics would be better if we just assumed that all politicians are wildly out of touch sociopaths, and you you pick the one that works best for you. Yes, I agree. I agree completely on that front. Uh, it's just interesting to, to sort of accuse each other, as you mentioned earlier. It's always interesting to hear them accusing each other of being out of touch. Uh, we're going to call Tristan back very quickly. Uh, just because we'll try and improve that line. One of the things that came out today, uh, grocery chains, of course, have been under a lot of fire of late because of their profits. So, of course, all eyes were on Loblaw and Metro Group today because they were reporting their third quarter profits. What did we find out? Loblaw up 29% third quarter over this time last year. Metro up 9.4%, which are pretty significant um, increases, aren't they? Now, to dig into the numbers a little bit, Loblaw said uh, that a lot of that came from their pharmacy side. Uh, they insist that none of this is about profiting off inflation. Uh, Tristan, I was just sharing the, um, what well, we were calling you back, I was just sharing the profit numbers out today from Loblaw and Metro. Mm-hmm. Loblaw, yeah, 29, 20, 29%, right? So, I mean, you obviously are having to buy more groceries now. <laughs> you have a growing family. What's it been like? I mean, do you, th- do you get the sense that the grocers are profiting here? It looks like they are, but I mean, they say they're not profiting per se. Uh, yeah, I'm hesitant. I mean, there's a number of reasons why food prices go up. So I'm always skeptical whenever someone says like, hey, groceries are more expensive. So I'm just going to blame the, the closest person I can see. I'm reminded, uh, remember, uh, there was a few years ago when the BC NDP first came in, they were like, why are gas prices so high in BC? And yes. you know, they didn't want to look at you know some of the reasons they may have contributed to it, like provincial taxes. Uh, so they're like, oh, you know, it's probably gas stations jacking up the price. So they did this huge multi-million dollar um, analysis, and they found out, oh, actually, gas stations aren't jacking up the price. So uh, you know, I'm, it, it's always simplistic. You know, like gas prices are high, so it, you know, it's obviously that guy behind the counter is just jacking it up, screwing us over. Um, it's not like yeah. you know, there's multi stages and how gasoline gets into your tank uh, that may be contributing to it. So, uh, yeah, that said, um, yeah, if, it, it's hard to argue against profits going way up. And, uh, yeah, it potentially, I, I, to that said, um, do I think grocers are intentionally, you know, uh, I, I don't know. So it's weird everybody picks on Loblaws because, again, I'm in Victoria, which is dominated by Sobeys and thrifties and these are all incredibly high-end expensive uh, grocers and Loblaws is really the only grocer uh in the community aside from walmart uh that actually has affordable groceries for um the community i mean you'll see branding products uh like craft dinner you'll see people uh like thrifty foods uh or save on foods all these other misleadingly titled grocers selling craft dinner at like a buck fifty a box and Loblaws is selling it at a dollar. So, yeah, I have a bit of loyalty for Loblaws because wherever I've lived, um, they do keep prices 
consistently lower than almost anybody else. And I'm aware they fix prices on bread, but uh, I'll forgive them that because I'm getting some real cheap bananas from them. Victoria is uh, the most expensive. I mean, we uh, this was talked about last year. Victoria is still the most expensive groceries in Canada for good reason. It's an island. I'm here too, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, it is simplistic. Just to, to go, but it, it, I think we have our we have our frontline experience with grocery stores. It's really the one place where we spend a lot. Of, uh, the gas station and the grocery store, right, is where we we come face to face with cost fluctuation the most often. So, you know, there are rarely times you'll walk in somewhere and you'll see, oh look. Cauliflower is seven ninety nine all of a sudden, and you think, "Wow, how did that happen?" So I think I think we have a bit of that knee jerk reaction. And it, it's it's weird because we don't we don't grind. Uh, you know, we mentioned Disney Plus earlier. Uh, the yeah. prices that stay consistent. One of the reasons they're staying consistent is because you know the margins are absolutely insane, and they've been gouging you for years. Uh, so right. because the margins are so slim on gasoline and food, that's why they fluctuate so much. So if you know, like Coca Cola. Um, Coca-Cola costs like three cents to make, and you know you can you can consistently sell Coca-Cola at two dollars a bottle through all kinds of crazy inflation because you've been gouging people the entire time. So the <laughs> fact that things are fluctuating so wildly should indicate they're not making a tremendous amount of money off that cabbage. Probably not. How has it been for you though with the growing family? It must be uh, it must be something that comes into consideration when it comes to grocery shopping. Well, your babies, actually, I mean, they're real cheap. Uh, you just get a woman, For and uh, they just kind of suck uh, nutrients out of the woman. Um, so, you know, we don't really have to feed it extra food at this point. <laughs> but your kids are growing up. Though I saw you, a nice story you had about your about your daughter sort of wrapping Halloween up quickly, thinking, you know, I That's think true. I got I, what I need I, here. I, I have an obscenely, I'm a very big guy. I have an obscenely large, just cartoonish appetite. So, honestly, uh, even at two kids, uh, I mean – they're getting the 20% of what I would normally go through. So I have literally had surprise, uh, you know, 10 people show up at my house as a spread. You know, I didn't expect them and I can feed them all dinner. And they'll say like, how did you have this large dinner ready? And they're eating my dinner. So it's always been, food bills have always been kind of nuts here. It's our weekly journalist corner where we check in with someone doing some interesting work. Tristan Hopper of the National Post is with us tonight. We've been talking about uh, inflation, politicians fighting over who's more out of touch or who's less out of touch, depending how you look at it. Grocery store profits are big. Uh, we'll get to uh, Ontario right now. The battle between the educators, QP, and the provincial government continues. You were writing about this uh, as it was unfolding last week. What's your take on 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 who's made the missteps here? It looks like the uh, the province has been chastened a little bit, but still no deal. So it continues. Um, I always have confidence in uh, you know any major dispute in Ontario to be as dysfunctional as possible, and make everyone look bad. Uh, but I guess what interested me about it uh, was uh, the sort of well, this is this is all news, but uh, the Ford government's invocation of the notwithstanding clause. Uh, so there was a lot of debates over, uh, hey, he's basically invoking that rarely used section of the Constitution, which just says you, you can ignore the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which sounds bad. Um, what interested me is when you look into, well, why would he do that? Um, I mean, there's back-to-work legislation. We've been passing it for years. Ever since the 1950s, there's been back-to-work legislation. None of those had to invoke the notwithstanding clause. So what changed? And it was this 2015 Supreme Court decision, which said, right. uh, oh, yeah, the striking, there's a right to strike under the Constitution. It's now a constitutional right. So um, if you look at that decision, um, uh, I'm no legal scholar, but it's, it's a pretty 
kind of flimsy decision. It's uh, they, they, There's not a lot of compelling argument as to why that happened. So this whole fight and the whole reason it was invoked is because you have this really crappy Supreme Court decision saying, oh, yeah, we looked at the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and we decided there's a right to strike. Even though this, this question has come before the Supreme Court before, um, basically what the argument is the freedom of association, the guarantee of freedom of association of the Charter of Rights. Uh, means that there is an inherent right to strike. That's come up before the Supreme Court before, and earlier Supreme Court decisions said, uh, no, it doesn't. No, uh, freedom of association is a whole different thing. Um, it's not a charter right. It's important, but none of our business. Uh, so for them to sort of say, oh, actually, no, we changed our mind, and now it is a right to strike, with all these you know, massive consequences for civil society, uh, I don't know. You're going to hear me a lot talking about how um, the Supreme Court over the last 10, 15 years has sort of gone beyond their purview and made up rights where maybe those rights aren't tremendously well spelled out in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. But I think if you're going to pick any decision where that was the case, the right to strike is not tremendously well argued. Yeah, that was a Saskatchewan decision. We talked about it quite a bit, actually, uh, in the days after the uh, after the whole dispute boiled over. It, it feels like this one, though, uh, they're going to try and do this the old-fashioned dysfunctional way now, though. They're going to tr- negotiate till the very end, and we'll no doubt get some kind of deal with, like, one minute to go right before mm-hmm. the deadline, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. they always have – they are uh, – they're good to write about, yes, because um, when I was living in Ontario, yeah, there were a few of those disputes where, you know, all, the, uh, the entire uh, TTC is going to shut down tomorrow if they reach some, some 11th-hour uh, decision. So I think uh, undergirding all of this, the reason why the government thought – they could go nuclear right from the get-go is because schools have been closed longer in Ontario than almost anywhere else on earth. Uh, so yeah, just, just as a parent, um, if you've got kids in the school system and suddenly without notice it's closed, um, it's hard enough for me, a guy who works from home and can kind of just park his kids in front of the TV, but you know, you work in construction, you work at an office, you're screwed. What are you going to do? Um, so I think the Ford government thought we can break all kinds of rules here and people just any means necessary to keep their kids in school and stop all the closures. Uh, they'll sort of take it. Um, and they probably would have been proven right. Right. Except they, they, they buckled pretty fast. I think, um, Public opinion was really, again, I mean, one thing I remember covering a lot of nurses strikes back in Quebec in the day, speaking of places where they have dysfunctional labor disputes. And, you know, you just have to watch out, you know, if you have educators, these are people who work with your kids, right? Mm, People have a lot of sympathy for them. They're not certainly not overpaid. Um, So, you know, the sympathy, the sympathy was truly on. I mean, that's why they caved so quickly, I would think. Yeah, probably. Uh, So looking at that, yeah, I, I think there was. Uh, it, it's easier when you do have, uh, you know, a union everybody hates, um, but that's certainly not the case um, with with the education workers. So I think even the most, you know, hardcore, uh, you know, don't negotiate with terrorists, I hate unions, looking at sort of the fundamentals of, of what an education worker earns, I think, yeah, there was a lot of sympathy. So yeah. I, I think that probably defines why they pulled back and why the flight is down. Now, if they go on strike again and you know, uh, we could see how long that sympathy holds out. We could. As a quick last question, uh, favorite board game, Tristan, do you have one? I know what my least favorite board game is, Monopoly. Uh, <laughs> is that's, really? uh, I just got it again, and I thought I must have been playing it wrong uh, as a kid. No, that's, that sucks. Um, it's, um, <laughs> most, most times, playing it with someone, you will just get into this endless, hours-long thing of grinding each other down. 
nobody plays by the proper rules with Monopoly, so no. that's one of the reasons it sucks. But even if you play by the proper rules, it's still just an awful game. Just wretched. I, I don't think anyone knows the proper proper rules, to be honest. I used to have a friend when I was a kid who used to show up with, with his entire body stuffed with extra cash so he could win. That was, I yeah, thought, yeah. you know, yeah. that's how it works. That's how it works. Uh, Tristan Hopper, again, congratulations on Hopper number three. It's um, great. I look forward to hearing uh, her on air with us one day in the not-too-distant future. Oh, Thanks yeah, probably, time. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your time tonight.